you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano and Graham Barfield. Back fresh from from Denver. Um, I mean, we got some news from Denver, Graham. You, you didn't get a, a heads up on this while you were out there, did you? Unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> I wish I did, but no. Yeah. Uh, wild, man. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised, though. It's a good move. I think it's a good move for the Broncos. Is it? I, let, oh, really? Let, I mean, Case Keenum versus Flacco. I, Elway's basically, yeah, let, I mean, this is his, his last shot to keep that spot, right? I was going to say, let, let, let's just get into this, okay? So uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll talk Kyler Murray. Fabs did his top 200. We'll dive into that. But first, let's do some news. The news. Actually, our first bit of news has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. It's for you all out there. Just a heads up. We are available on Spotify. All you got to do is go search NFL Fantasy Live on the Spotify app. You can listen to the show whenever, wherever you want. So uh, just one more way of the many, many ways you can find this show. Just uh, go check us out on Spotify. All right. As Fabs alluded to, as we alluded to, Big news out of Denver. This news broke about 45 minutes or so before we started recording this podcast. The Denver Broncos have made a trade for Joe Flacco. Now, the details are still sort of rolling in on this. Uh, you know, Ian Rappaport uh, is sort of reporting. ESPN, I believe, had it first, but Rappaport has uh, kind of chimed in and said, uh, what is it, a, a mid-round, mid-round, yep. mid-round draft pick is what uh, the Ravens are getting back from the Denver Broncos, looking like potentially a fourth-round pick for Joe Flacco. Fabs, you you seem to like this. I am I don't, baffled. I, for the I, if we're talking about just pure football, it's an upgrade over Case Keenum, is it not? I don't think it is. I, no, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Okay. At this at this point in Joe Flacco's career now, um, maybe early in his career when he could actually throw a deep ball. But not anymore. So, so you think the the Broncos don't have a better shot at winning games with Flacco as opposed to Case Keenum? I think it's about no. the same, maybe less. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I just I, I disagree with that. I don't. I looked at this trade and I thought one one I thought John Elway has a type. Uh, he likes big, strong arm pockets or uh, mm-hmm. statues in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just, yeah, I mean. The the Ravens at some point were willing to take Lamar Jackson, who still, you know, as much as I like Lamar Jackson, still, you know, has a lot of work to do. They were willing to put Flacco on the bench for for Lamar Jackson. This is a guy that they got to pay eighteen and a half million dollars. They're paying him more than they would have paid Keenum this year for production that is not going to be significantly better, if better at all, than what they got out of Case Keenum. I, I look, I'm just gonna say it. John Elway is bad at quarterbacks. Let's just let's just put let's stop dancing around the issue. He's bad at quarterbacks and they're giving up a fourth round pick for a guy that I don't think is going to be that much better. They yeah. sign, well, I, I mean, obviously 
outside of the Peyton Manning sighting, I mean, it's Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. Uh, Case Keenum and now Joe Flacco. Those mm-hmm. are the guys he's kind of handpicked. Um, I don't think giving up a fourth rounder is that much for a guy who I believe is going to be an upgrade um, the, the, the pro- over over what he has I, currently. I, I think the problem Marcus is saying is just is the contract. Is that contract is mm-hmm. so from a football perspective, from fantasy. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a sec. But from a football perspective, I'm with Mar- with Marcus on this one. It's like you're going to trade for a you know aging. Joe Flacco, who's got 18 to $20 million. But, I mean, quarterbacks play up until their late 30s yeah, nowadays. Yeah, Joe Flacco hasn't played well so. in years. I mean, reasonably well. And now, and now he's got to go to Denver. And, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has a popped Achilles. They're basically running out a bunch of rookies behind him. Their offensive line hasn't been... Offensive nasty. line needs to improve. Yeah. No, no question. They're a great run block right. offensive line last year, though. Let's, let's talk fantasy, then. I mean, again, Joe Flacco got benched last year. Uh, you know, the deep ball has not really been great for him lately. I mean, maybe I guess being in the thin air of Denver, it will help for eight games a year, potentially. Um, I mean, even at his best, Joe Flacco was kind of a mediocre fantasy quarterback. That's not going to change you. Right. And I don't think that I I just don't think that changes. Yeah. Uh, To me, it's more about like the pieces around him than what Flacco's value is going to be because Flacco's value is not going to change in Denver. He is going to end up being a guy that's not drafted and will be on the waiver wire to begin most 2019 fantasy football seasons. Now, where we have to really sort of analyze what Flacco's impact will be in Denver is in how it will affect Emmanuel Sanders, who, of course, is coming off of injury, how it will affect Cortland Sutton, who is going to end up being a sleeper slash breakout candidate on a lot of analysts' lists. Uh, Same thing with Deshaun Hamilton and how it will affect Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and those players around him. Because we all agree Flacco is not going to be uh, a startable asset in fantasy leagues, at least unless the matchup is, is, is tremendous. But what does this mean for his young wide receivers and Emmanuel Sanders when he The other part of this, are we even sure Emmanuel Sanders is going to be in Denver this next year? Yeah, and that's the other abs- aspect of this. I mean, right now it could be Sutton and basically they're, they're rookies. In which case, John Elway would have to make another move. Um it's really interesting. I mean, they're going to have to pay him $18.5 million. He's got two years left on his, on his deal, and then they have an out after this year. But he's, you know, Flacco's only 34, and we keep talking about Brady and Eli and these guys hitting these age close. But Flacco's really young relative to them, even Big Ben and Breeze. Mm-hmm. And he's he hit the wall two, three years ago. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, when I first read it, it was my initial like gut reaction was just kind of. So does this make you kinda, want to draft Sutton more or less or the same? Not it's about the same. Yeah, thing, I I'm guess. just kind of indifferent. No, no, no change at all. <laughs> I guess if anything, I'm just indifferent on this move. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm not expecting ceilings, and I'm not expecting yeah, you know, I just, just pure dread. I mean, as long as he can hand the ball off to Philip Lindsay, I guess we're really okay. Yeah, um, I guess that's the biggest thing. Philip Lindsay still going to get the ball. Can he? Can Philip Lindsay still get 14 carries and his five, six targets a game? If he can, if he can, I'm happy. One thing that's notable, and, and obviously it's different because you know different offensive coordinators, different offensive philosophies, etc. But uh, the the Ravens never had a top 15 PPR wide receiver when Joe Flacco was the quarterback. Obviously, that's because they just tended to run the football. But over the last few seasons uh, of Flacco's tenure in Baltimore, I mean. He was slinging it a ton, and it didn't really equate to great production from any of his wide receivers. I mean, Joe Flacco's YPA has been under 6.4, six, excuse me, 6.5 yards per attempt in three straight seasons. And in that span, he's only averaged 6.2 yards per attempt. The league averages 7.0 yards per attempt. I mean, it's, he's just not been good mm-hmm. in a very, very long time. Low touchdown rate, high interception rate, too. I mean, it's just... I don't. I don't really get it. I mean, he. You basically just bought an eighteen and a half million dollar Case Keenum rental I, I for twenty nineteen. I feel like when we look at that, that might be a bargain compared <laughs> to what the Cardinals paid Sam Bradford last season. True. <laughs> I, I just feel like people look at Joe Flacco. I feel like the thing that comes to mind is that incredible playoff run he had and the Super Bowl victory. And because I remember after that, I remember you know writing the the year after that, and I don't think I was alone in this, but that hey. Don't overdraft Joe Flacco based on what you saw in the postseason, that he has been an average fantasy quarterback. And I caught some heat on Twitter for it, like because it's Twitter and whatever you write is going to draw some heat. But, (laughs) you know, I just think that, you know, I I think we sort of conflate that. I mean, this is a guy who has never thrown 30 touchdowns in a season ever. 
uh, in his career. Last year, he had six interceptions, which was his fewest, but that's also because he only played nine games. I mean, you know, he he's never touched 4,000 yards. I mean, he has been just an average quarterback. His his best rank at among quarterbacks in his career was in 2010 when he was 10th. Uh, his, his next best rank was 14th in 2012. And in his final couple of seasons there, his final couple of full seasons there in, in, in Baltimore, he was 20th, 24th. So not very good, but that's what we projected. I mean, when, when Flacco was traded, there was really no change to his his fantasy value in that he's not going to be drafted. He's a guy who's going to be on the waiver wire, maybe a matchup-based option at times. But to me, it's more about how does Flacco affect the the young players around him that we are going to end up drafting. Sutton, Hamilton, I think Philip Lindsay is still going to be uh, Philip Lindsay. I think he's still going to get his touches. He's going to be fine. But how does he affect these younger players in, in the offense? And to me, I'd rather see Flacco slinging the ball to him than Case Keenum. But it's not it's not a ridiculously gigantic. Wow, this is this is great. Keenum to Flacco. To me, it's an upgrade, but it's a very slight upgrade. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, if anything, I think my I think my broader point, though, with this Broncos offense right now is there's so much. Oh, yeah. Not to be said. There's a lot of question marks there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, you know, last week we talked about the Dolphins being, you know, a, a potential fantasy wasteland. The, the Broncos. Depending on how things go, you could have Philip Lindsay and, and that's kind of maybe it. not much else, uh, especially when you talk about uh, players that are giving you a consistent level of production. Corlin Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, like I mentioned. We'll see. Speaking of question marks, Antonio Brown. He tweeted a goodbye. He said, it's time to move on. He did a little slickly edited video that he put out on Twitter. Uh, he uh, used some little Uzi Vert. I do what I want as the background music. You know, not at all trying to send a message to, to what's going to happen. So Antonio Brown has said he wants out. This is not really a surprise. This thing has been dragging for a while. It, I think, is going to drag a little while longer. Um, I mean, Fabs, it's all well and good, but... Like, as somebody joked, uh, my pal, our, our Twitter pal, uh, Charles McDonald, who writes for SB Nation, joked, this is like it's like in the office when Michael Scott walks out and declares bankruptcy and just thinks that somehow you, know, like, <laughs> you can't just declare free agency. Like, it's nice for I you know. to put this I'm moving on thing. But until the Steelers actually do something, Antonio Brown is still a Steeler. Right and now. from a fantasy perspective, I hate this. Guys, get in a room and, and figure it out. I mean, come on, because. There is no team in the NFL that Antonio Brown could legitimately go to where his value is going to be as high as it is right now in Pittsburgh. He's got a great rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. He's been one of the best wide receivers statistically and from a fantasy perspective that we've ever seen. Uh, Ian Rappaport's reporting that the Steelers uh, deadline potentially could be March 17th because that's when uh, AB is due a $2.5 million roster bonus. He won't be traded within the division. He won't be traded to the Patriots. Where... Where could the Steelers potentially trade him? And, and the contract is going to make it tough to move him as well, too, because he's making a lot of money. And this is not like the Le'Veon Bell situation. You know, A.B. is under contract. So if he decides, well, the Steelers aren't going to trade me, I'm not going to play, he's going to be missing game checks, and they're going to fine him. So he's going to, he's going to end up uh, missing out on a lot of money and then having money taken out of his, out of his wallet. So... If the Steelers do find a suitor, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams in the league who wouldn't want Antonio Brown, where can he go legitimately where his value is going to be what it is in Pittsburgh? Indy. Indianapolis. I mean, like, I, would you who, and look, I love T.Y. Hilton. He's mm -hmm. great. I'd take a Antonio Brown over T.Y. Hilton. You pair him with Andrew Luck. They've got cap space. They've got all kind of room there. I mean... Indianapolis, and it's not, it's not, it's in the AFC, but it's not in division. So if you're the Steelers, you're not going to have to face him twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, and the Colts wouldn't have to care about the contract. Right. Mm -hmm. They just eat it. And like he, his value would be as good as, or pretty close to as good as it is in Pittsburgh. Okay. I think we all want Bell and AB just to reunite in Indianapolis this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that. I think that's where. Yeah. You think there's a lot of Jets fans out there that would love to see that happen in the Big Apple? I mean, sure. I'm sure they would. Uh, you know, I, I don't. As know a fantasy Jets owner, I don't want that, but I know that uh, the, I don't know. the Jets I mean, also have a lot of cap space as well. I so. mean, having having Antonio Brown go to the Jets, 
Uh, you know, if, if if Bell decides to come with him, mm. that helps Sam Darnold, right? It, it it elevates another quarterback in an already deep position, but suddenly Sam Darnold has a little bit more value. Um, you so, know, Robbie Anderson gets pushed down, but you know, whatever. So outside of the Colts, then I mean, you know, the the team that everyone is is mentioning is the 49ers because of everything that happened with Jerry Rice making the the mentions about AB, you know, potentially going there, and that. To me, there's there's no better place for Brown to be from a fantasy perspective than exactly where he is right now, and that's Pittsburgh. And if that is a is a fractured relationship that cannot be mended, and it seems as if that's the case, he's going to end up going someplace else. And unless it's a team like the Colts, his fantasy value is going to decline. I don't care how good he is. So here's here's the other question, and I, you know I don't know if there's a definitive answer to this one, Graham, but. We've seen that the Steelers will do what the Steelers are going to do. We saw that last year with Le'Veon Bell, right? They offered him this deal. He's like, I don't want it. They didn't really bother to come back to the table, and he sat out an entire season. Antonio Brown wants out. Now, the Steelers could be obstinate and decide, we're not going to trade you. I mean, that feels sort of like cutting off your nose to spite your face, but would the Steelers really be so hard-nosed as to just say, you know what, you're going to play for us or you're not going to play for anybody this year? I don't think that's the situation. I think, like Fabs alluded to, this is entirely different just because Bell was searching for a new deal and AB is in the middle of a pretty big one, as it is. Um, that's still the big clearing block. Does AB know that like, if you tweet a video of you leaving, like that you want out, you're still not trading? You're, you're not trading. Like, you're not cut. You're still on <laughs> yeah. the team. I mean, what are they going to do when they come... When we're sitting here in June and July and AB still wants out and they still haven't found a trade partner? Like, is he just going to come back? Like... I don't know. It, it, to me, I, I think I've I've changed my mood. I, at first, I kind of thought it was kind of crazy. I didn't think they could trade the contract because it was obscene. And then, obviously, we've now heard that the owner and AB and everybody's been so vocal that he's leaving. I guess we can truly accept it now. But again, we keep spinning our heads trying to find trade partners. And really, the only one that actually like makes some modicum of sense is, is Indy. And maybe New York. But other than that, even New York then. Yeah. I, you know. But in terms of fantasy. Yeah. Catching passes from Sam Darnold is a heck of a lot different than catching passes from Ben Roethlisberger. And if he ends up, you know, if he ends up in the Colts, he's probably going to still be in a top five guy, although T.Y. Hilton is in the, the mix there as well. Eric Ebron's in the mix there as well. If he goes to the Jets, I mean, <laughs> listen, Sam, you know, Sam Darnold's got a heck of a lot of upside. But he is not Ben Roethlisberger, and, and that offense is not going to be conducive to Antonio Brown catching 120 balls. Let's take this to the flip side. AB's going to be 31 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the chances that you know maybe he only has a few more good years left? And at this point in his career, I think we need to be more concerned about the volume and the targets he may receive in the, the, wherever offense he goes than yep. his actual skill, skill level. Because at this point, I mean... He's going to hit the age cliff here pretty soon, unless he, yeah. unless he truly is a Jerry Rice 2.0, in which case he'll be balling out. Him. Right, exactly. <laughs> he but like also, 47 he, like Jerry did. AB has no leverage here either, like none. And he's big contract. He's 31 years old, and he continually does things that negates his leverage, like tweeting yes. on a farewell except, video. Except right? what is that helping you? Except though, the other part of it is that he has also sunk the Steelers' leverage. I mean, at this True. point, at this point, like it, it's sort of a situation where if I'm going down, I'm bringing everybody with me because at least everybody knows, right? Like he he's basically said, I don't want to be here anymore, mm-hmm. right? The Steelers have pretty much said, we don't want you to be here anymore. So if I'm another team, why am I gonna why am I gonna offer up, you know? everything in the world to get Antonio. But it's like, hey, look, you, you're you stuck with this anchor on your roster right now. If they end up dealing him, it's going to be like a second or third round pick. There's no way that they're going to get any sort of huge comparable um, first first or second round pick from them. If, if we've learned anything, the Steelers have totally bungled both Le'Veon Bell oh, and yes. Antonio Brown situations. Now, now <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going to be bottom of the barrel trying to get some compensation for both of their once absolute star players. Oh, man. Uh, Another team with some cap space. I don't know if they're in the market for Antonio Brown, but they found a running back. That's the Cleveland Browns. They signed Kareem Hunt, who we've talked about uh, on this show before. Last we talked about him, he was maybe being targeted by the Eagles. That obviously didn't happen. The Browns have signed him. He is still facing a suspension after being released by the Chiefs last year after the video emerged of him uh, assaulting a woman in a hotel. Um, now, uh, you know, aside from obviously the off-field stuff and, and what that means, just from an on-field perspective, 
Uh, I'm sure you guys kind of did a, huh? Like, I mean, obviously, talent-wise, the fact that he's young, that he's very talented, you understand why a team would want that. After they unlocked, though, the power of Nick Chubb this past season, Fabs, why? I I mean, it's, it's the Dorsey connection. I mean, to me, that's... That's that's a big part of it. And when I saw this news, I was thinking, man, if you're a Nick Chubb owner in a dynasty or a keeper league, you are just pissed. I'm like, because he was coming off of a, of a tremendous season, a guy who was at this point, second round pick in redrafts, I would think. I mean, no worse than a second round pick. And now we don't know what the suspension is going to be. I've seen rumors out there that it could be as much as 10 games. We don't know what it is. So we can't really make a a concrete analysis of the situation until we find out how many games that he's going to be lost for. But it looks like at some point during the course of the 2019 season that Kareem Hunt is going to be playing for the Cleveland Browns And that in and of itself is denting the value of Nick Chubb because whether it's six games, whether it's 10 games, at some point, Kareem Hunt's going to be a member of the Browns and play for this team. And this is one of the best young running backs in the league. Okay, I get the off-field stuff. Marcus just mentioned that. But he's one of the best young running backs in the league. You don't make this move without thinking, this is a player who in an offense that suddenly is on the rise, with Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield and 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 what they showed at the end of last season, this offense is on the rise. He's another weapon, and he's a better pass catcher than Nick Chubb. Does this eventually end up being a committee situation? Will you have Nick Chubb as your featured back for, say, 10 games, and then Kareem Hunt comes in and suddenly throws a wrench in the entire mix? So this this one is difficult because after this season, I believe Hunt would be a restricted free agent, it's it's, so, it's going to be a difficult scenario to navigate until we know exactly how many games Hunt is suspended. And unless it's for the entire season, which I don't know that it would be, this is going to be something hanging over the heads of Nick Chubb owners all season long. So to your point about the contract situation, um, Hunt is under contract until 2020, but it's kind of a weird thing. So if he does not accrue six games this year, let's say he gets suspended for the whole year, mm-hmm. the Browns, I think, would then have they would basically toll over his contract. He did not have an accrued season. I think they would have his rights through 2021. Regardless, mm-hmm. they have Kareem Hunt's rights for the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Do the Browns just hate Duke Johnson? That was my next question. I mean, what, I what, what did Duke Johnson <laughs> do to the gave, Browns? They gave him a nice contract, and then suddenly they... No, no, no a great contract. Don't a use top him. top 10, no, a top And they don't 10, use him. A top 10 running back mm-hmm. contract. And John Dorsey is saying that he's not expendable. The hell does that mean? Yet. Yet. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, I... I don't, I don't get it. You know, what, you know what's going to happen, Marcus, is they're going to end up trading him to, like, the Dolphins, and then that's going to just implode sub- that submarine, backfield. Submarine can and then we have to worry <laughs> about Nick Chubb's value in Cleveland as well. You know, I just I, I keep coming back to the fact that, you know, Duke Johnson is sort of cursed by being he – he really is the jack-of-all-trades master of none. I, I keep saying he's a, he's a good running back, but they have better running backs. He's a good receiver, but they have better receivers. And the Browns aren't – they haven't figured out how to use him. They they kind of want him as this Swiss Army knife, but then they keep adding pieces that make him more and more irrelevant. He, you know what he is? He is he's like a utility infielder in baseball, right? Spring training is starting. He really is that utility infielder. He's Jose Okendo. He is. He's that guy. I mean, he literally is. He's he's Kike Hernandez, right? He can play second base. <laughs> he can play left field. You know, he could do whatever. He can pinch hit for you. That's great for you know roster construction. It's great to have you on the bench. Don't want him in your starting lineup. You don't want him in your lineup. You know, so for for fantasy, you just look at Duke Johnson, you shake your head, and you just wonder what could have been. Um, I loved him coming out of college. I thought he was great coming out of Miami, and yeah. he just he just has never had a great fit in Cleveland. And Kareem Hunt being there is, is certainly not going to help things. Uh, last bit of news: the Houston Texans have released Demarius Thomas. He played seven games there after being traded uh, midseason by the Denver Broncos. Had he, he came out of the box great. Like the first quarter of his first game with the Texans, he had a bunch of catches. He had uh, a couple touchdowns. And then we didn't really hear much from him after that. Then he got injured and, and missed the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, Graham, I would expect somebody's going to pick him up and bring him in during training camp. But I think we have probably seen the last of Demarius Thomas as like a a top line fantasy starter at this point. 
RIP. Yep. It was some of the best years we, we had <laughs> with DT and, and Peyton, uh, just automatic and fantasy, but it, I think I think you're right. Well, once I mean, once Peyton was gone, yeah. really, Demarius Thomas's value started to sink, and I think we all sort of expected that. And this is this is a tough injury to come back from, mm-hmm. and this is his second. Yeah. So. And he's going to be 32 this year. Uh, it's it's a, yeah. He, he's uh, his birthday oh. is actually on Christmas Day, I believe. Who could oh, yeah. it is? I think so. Yeah. He what is. a he's Christmas a, gift. He's a Christmas baby. Mm-hmm. Oh. The the only other like really famous Christmas Day baby I know is Ricky Henderson. I don't know why I know that, but <laughs> Ricky Henderson is a Christmas Day baby. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the stretch. 2012, 2013, 2014, he caught a combined 35 touchdowns in that stretch. Averaged just about 1,500 yards yeah, per he season. Was, he was awesome. Uh, it was. It was incredible. I mean, this was a guy who was, you know, a, a top three probably wide receiver fantasy-wise during that stretch. And, uh, you know, father time catches up to us all. So, uh, like I said, I, I would expect that someone will sign him and bring him in by the time we hit training camp. But uh, Boy, the Texans really need Will Fuller to stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, no, they really do. do. They need Will they Fuller really to stay do. healthy. And then Kiki QT is going to obviously be one of those, you know, deep sleeper types. A lot of people are going to be talking about. Uh, one of their 17 tight ends, if he could just, you know, catch on and, and do something. Um, I mean, the Houston Texans have like uh, literally they just roll tight ends out. I don't right. know if they just do like a contest. When was their last? Like, I mean, CJ Fedorowicz was kind of PPR relevant slightly. But like the yeah. last, was it like Owen Daniels? Was yeah, I think, like I think last, it was Owen Daniels. Was that like the last yeah. guy they had that was? uh they're like the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, no, the <laughs> right? Texans and the Ravens, they just, it's like they, you know, it's like they just pull tight ends out of a hat and they, they, they bring them in. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. We are fully into draft season. That's season S-Z-N, as they like to say on Twitter.com. Um, obviously, we'll talk a lot more about it uh, you know, as we get to the combine and we get fully into the draft season itself. But the big news that came out recently that Kyler Murray, the two sports star from the University of Oklahoma, uh, has finally committed to pursuing his career as an NFL quarterback. Obviously, the Oakland A's are disappointed by it. They spent a draft pick on him and gave him some guaranteed money, hoping that he would choose baseball. He has not. Apparently, the A's found out the same way the rest of us found out on Twitter. So I'm sure folks at Oakland are a little bit peeved about that. But now we know that he is fully committed to playing in the National Football League. So now the talk begins. If you haven't heard Kyler Murray's name too much already, you will have heard it too much by the time we get to April. I can guarantee you that. But I did want to kind of take a look at him and, and sort of figure out where he slots early on in this thing. Daniel Jeremiah has put out his first of what will be many, I'm sure, mock drafts. His scouting report, you can go check out. Uh, he tweeted it out a couple of days ago. You can also find it uh, at NFL.com. I would imagine NFL.com slash mock draft uh, might be uh, where you can find that. I'm uh, going to type that in right now and see if that uh, if that's where it See if go. it works. Uh, yes, 2019 mock draft central. So uh, although that doesn't have DJs, it has uh, it has Maurice Jones-Drew, Chad Reuter, Lance Zerline, and Bucky Brooks. So I would guess. Yeah. So DJ, like, does DJ, DJ has moved up in the world now? He gets the Mike Mayock treatment now because yes. remember Mayock like wouldn't do a mock draft until like right before the actual draft. Mm-hmm. So maybe DJ's. But I thought DJ no, had DJ, one DJ, on there. DJ has done I one. He had He's one. Just, yeah. Apparently now he has just been separated from everybody else. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you can find it at NFL.com. If not, just go to his Twitter account, which is Move the Sticks, uh, and you can find it there. But just some highlights from his scouting report of Kyler Murray. Uh, Lacks ideal height and bulk, has dynamic arm strength, doesn't work deep into progressions on a consistent basis, electric runner. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of, I feel like that's sort of the consensus on him right now. Um, Yeah, I I read on Twitter, too, where someone had compared uh, Murray to Lamar Jackson, but, but DJ had suggested much better in terms of his accuracy uh, and and what he can do with the football as a thrower. Baker Mayfield basically broke um, PFF's adjusted completion percentage last year, which adjusts for drops <laughs> and like black, like spike uh, spike passes, stuff like that. Um, last year, Mayfield's adjusted completion percentage, I think, was 79%. Kyler Murray's last year was 77%. Wow. And I, I, we all know Oklahoma's offense, obviously, is schemed to have open throws and they kind of spread it out a little bit. And there's, they on average, at their quarterback will have a higher completion rate um, than the rest of college football. But that being said, yeah, Kyler accuracy wise is 
far far superior mm-hmm. than when Lamar Jackson was coming out. Right. Yeah, I, I think you know that that he definitely has a, a, a step on. Um, I mean, it really is sort of a mixed bag. The accuracy is there, the arm strength is there, the size is going to worry people. But the fact the fact that he can obviously move in and out of the pocket is something that potentially gives him an advantage. Now, where he goes. Obviously, we we have no idea just yet. The Lions say they would consider drafting a quarterback at number eight. Murray could certainly still be there at number eight. Uh, The Cardinals have been rumored to maybe be eyeing him at number one overall. What that means for Josh Rosen still remains to be seen. But now the Cardinals are saying that that's not true, that that they they right now say they're committed to Josh Rosen. And that's why they brought in in Cliff Kingsbury to try and help him out. Um, I mean, so my first question is, Graham, can he be, can he be an impact player in 2019? Like, can he get drafted this year and midway through the season, we're talking about him fantasy wise Because he can run. I don't care. I mean, even if he is inaccurate, um, like Lamar Jackson, I don't care if he can run 18 (laughs) times a game. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want him in fantasy. We we want these guys that can run around and and do crazy, crazy things with the ball. Josh Allen just did it. I know it it was crazy too. I I, I posted, uh, I'm posting my positional consistency uh, rankings from last year and like Josh Allen was one of the the four or five quarterbacks who had the most top five finishes and it was all because of what he could just, do with, with his feet. That, the, just, the, the Josh just, Allen season makes insane. my head hurt. Marcus is about just, to tilt off the plane. Just, right the, 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 the Josh Allen season made my head hurt, man, because it was like you watched him and you're like, this dude's throwing for like 170 yards per game, but he's like running for 170 yards That's per great. game. <laughs> it was just... It just because like you, you didn't see it coming. He was of all the quarterbacks we talked about. We never talked about Josh Allen in terms of his running ability. But here he is like leaping over linebackers and like yeah. trucking people. The whole thing just made my. So so here's the, the actual stat. He played in 12 games as a rookie, uh, finished 41.7 percent of his starts as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And all five of his top 10s were top fives. So that's like I, I mean, I get it earlier in the season. Not so not so great. But when he played a decent percentage of his performances, he was like a top 10 fantasy quarterback or a top five fantasy. It was ridiculous. It's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up being drafted because the Bills have nothing around him offensively. Nothing. He led the Bills in rushing. I mean, which which and LaShawn McCoy is on that team, which says, you know, maybe as much about what happened with Shady this year as it does Josh Allen. I mean, Allen had 631 yards. LaShawn McCoy, 530, or 514. Um, I, I I shudder to think that would happen again, that he's going to lead the team in rushing yards. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, is there a coach or an offense out there that you see that that is best suited to Kyler Murray? Because that's the one thing about it. The, one, the, the early part of the conversation about Kyler Murray is that a lot of these old school NFL guys who love big, tall quarterbacks, see uh, Elway, comma, John, um, will look, <laughs> we'll look at Kyler Murray and yes. say, he's not going to fit. We can't use him. We don't want him. We're not going to draft him. But now we've got a kind of a new wave of play callers and schemers out there who are trying to figure out how to best make the skill sets of some of these guys work. So, I mean, you guys look around and you see a team or a coach where, Kyler Murray steps in, and 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 you know, even if he's not a super stud right away, they can at least build an offense to kind of fit well, I mean, skills. Uh, what, what teams out there are looking for quarterbacks? Are we in agreement that All Murray's going to be a first round pick? I think he yes, absolutely I think he will. will be. Yes, unless, I think unless, he will. Unless I, I, would, I would suggest that's true. Unless something's crazy. Unless something crazy happens. So the Giants are going to be looking for a quarterback, um, but but Haskins could end up being on the board at that point when they pick at number six. The, the Jaguars three, for sure. The Lions potentially. If they're really looking to replace Matthew Stafford, if, if that reports to true, that is potentially an option too. the Dolphins don't have a quarterback either right now. So they're going to be looking at that position. The Redskins with the question marks surrounding Alex Smith, Alex are going to be looking for a quarterback as well. Certainly not going to play next year. And so, I mean, beyond. And, and at that point, once you get past that, I don't know that Murray would be available. And uh, the so, so basically you're looking at the Redskins at maybe 15. That would be the that would be the last spot where I, I don't know that Murray would even be there at that point. I mean, unless and now, obviously there's always the chance that one of these teams trades up potentially to try to get him. Of course, you know, of we'll, course. We'll see what happens yep. there. But it's such a weird draft this year because really three of the first 12 teams picking have needs at quarterback, the Jags, the Giants. 
and then you could kind of throw some teams in there like the Lions or the Bucks or the Bengals. But like outside of that, I mean, the Broncos just traded for Joe Flacco. The Raiders are going to keep Derek Carr. Uh, the 49ers have Garoppolo and the Cardinals are going to stick with with Rosen. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it, maybe Miami at 13. But other than that, I mean, it's just going to be some team is going to have to trade four. They're going to have to move up and Murray into the draft because this is in terms of just how this draft is laid out right now, unless there's a few more big trades, which there very well could be. Yeah. There's just not really an, I don't really see like, the, okay, this is the common sense, like most likely landing. Spot. And historically, what position is, is the one that teams are m- most likely to move up? And it's sometimes it's even irrationally because, you know, I'll go back to like, you know, uh, you know, drafting Achilles Smith. I mean, like the Bengals, there's a, there's, there's a, a massive list, a laundry list of, of busts that go in the first round at the quarterback position because they didn't belong there, but people are willing to take chances on them. You know, Christian Ponder, the list goes on and on and on. Kyle Bowler, there's a ton of them. So, Kyle Bowler. so there, there's just, there's a ton of, them. I mean, these are guys that just, I mean, that are just coming, coming off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, Murray is going to end up getting drafted in the first round. And he maybe end up getting drafted higher than he should because teams out there are going to have that need a quarterback. They see a guy who's dynamic. They see maybe a, a better version of Lamar Jackson because of what he could do with his arm as well. The size questions are certainly going to be there. And I think, you know, he's also going to be tied to Baker Mayfield as well. So th- this is a player who who I believe likely will be a top 10 pick. And I wouldn't be surprised if it were the Giants or the Jaguars who who ended up getting him. If one of those teams don't get him, someone likely will trade up to acquire him. Maybe that's the Dolphins who are right now at 13. Are we going to, and when I say we, I mean the, the football world. Uh, obviously, Kyler Murray is incredibly talented. He's a two-sport athlete. This is a guy who, who had a chance and, and still has a chance to play professionally in two sports. But also the consensus as of, you know, even a month ago was that this is kind of a, an iffy QB draft, right? It's an we're, iffy we're, offensive draft. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a very defensive-heavy mm-hmm. draft. We're, we're going to talk ourselves into Kyler Murray as a franchise quarterback, aren't we? Like, a month ago, it was like, hey, all these guys have potential, but they, they have a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about teams trading up. And look, it's not, it's not unfounded, but we're talking about teams trading up for Kyler Murray. We're going to talk ourselves into making him and Dwayne Haskins and what, maybe Drew Locke into potential, what, if not franchise quarterbacks, then at least solid stop gaps. When you know a month ago we we weren't sure. This I is what it. happens. This is the draft every season. This I mean, you guys know it every season. And some of the players that I mentioned, and there's a hell of a lot more. There are more first round quarterback busts, and there are guys that were drafted in the first round who ended up being stars and meeting expectations in the National Football League. Again, that list is very long. So, uh, with with the the small number of quarterbacks out there that people are going to promote as potential franchise options. I mean, Murray's stock is on the rise. Here, here's one question though, and and I know there's been reports sort of on either side of this, but if Murray ends up getting drafted by a team that he doesn't prefer to play for, does he then leverage his situation and say, "I'm gonna go play baseball"? Maybe, I mean, maybe I'll go play baseball. You mean the John Elway move? Yeah, I don't know. That was the uh, that was the Elway. You know the. Uh, I mean, Murray Col- says he's fully committed to to playing quarterback. So I mean, we take him at his word, but. I mean, you know, John Elway got drafted by the Colts, said, I don't want to be a Colt, and uh, said, I'm going to go play baseball. And I think, I think the Yankees actually looked at him. Yeah, no, point. yeah, no, <laughs> right. And you know what? And, and that that will haunt me. So if you remember, ESPN did, uh, I don't know if it was a 30 for 30, I can't remember, but it was about the that draft class, 1983. 1983. With, you know, with Marino and, and all the great quarterbacks that were that were a part of that. And it's shocking to look at some of the quarterbacks who were drafted ahead of Dan Marino. And uh, um, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're laughing all the way way to the bank there but there was a scenario where the cowboys and i'm a cowboys fan if you didn't know that already you probably already did where the cowboys were going to acquire uh the rights to elway and the trade would have involved danny white who was one of my favorite players and it didn't end up happening and oh my goodness gracious how that could have changed i mean obviously the cowboys at that point maybe don't get troy aikman you know but i mean like Imagine Elway was very close to being a member of the Dallas Cowboys. So very he, close. So he almost played for two of your favorite teams and ended up, yeah, no, play, and ended up playing and, for none. For none, exactly. For yeah. None. Yep. Uh, all right. So we will talk. I'm sure plenty more Kyler Murray and a whole lot of other draft prospects uh, as we get closer to draft time. But 
guys that are currently in the league. Uh, Fabs, you put together your top 200 last week. Now, a, a caveat for everybody out there. This list originally, which you can find, by the way, NFL.com slash Fabiano, but it was originally written last week, as I mentioned. So Kareem Hunt hadn't signed yet. Obviously, the Joe Flacco trade hadn't happened yet. Antonio Brown hadn't tweeted out his cryptic goodbye message yet. So that's just a, just a heads up for everybody out there in case you go check out this list and wonder why some things are as they are. And I'm sure you will update it, too. As Yeah, we like, I mean, the Flacco trade can become official. Um, Until March 13th. So, so I'm not going to change that. I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown, so he's not moving. Uh, the only thing I could really change about Kareem Hunt is that he's no longer a free agent <laughs> because I don't know how many games he's going to be suspended for. So, right. uh, so at the top, the first thing is Saquon at number one. I mean, that's that's not a surprise. I feel like everybody is going to plant their flag for a guy mm-hmm. over the next couple of months. You have planted yours for Saquon at one, Todd Gurley at three, yep. with, with Zeke sandwiched in between. Um, I think especially PPR wise. I mean, what Saquon did was was insane last uh, year. The, this is you know me I don't I don't I don't bother with the standard stuff um I uh, I'm all in on PPR have been for a while and like I mean Saquon Barkley's coming off the greatest rookie season of all time like he came out of Penn State with all of the expectations being sky high and he exceeded them I mean, he was the first rookie running back with 200 plus carries and 100 plus targets the guy is an offensive juggernaut and he's what 21 years old I, I, I mean, you could make an argument for any number of five or six guys to be the number one overall pick. Just turned 22, actually, I, about, I mean, about a week ago. <laughs> happy birthday, Saquon. <laughs> so this is a situation like if you if you said I, I like Gurley. OK, Zeke. Yeah. OK, I get it. Christian McCaffrey. PPR. OK, you know, I get it. Even Alvin Kamara, depending on what happens with the Mark Ingram situation there, he's a free agent. OK, but. Barkley is like literally like the most well-rounded dynamic running back to come into this league in, in a while. And there's been a lot of good running backs to come into this league and we are back and I love it. And I've said it before we are in maybe one of the best eras of, of running backs. We're entering it right now because we've got so many good young running backs in the league. Uh, and then you add Jacobs to the mix here, who's going to be drafted probably in the first round. And you got another guy who could potentially be very solid. So it's a very exciting time for the running back truthers like myself out there. But what I saw in Saquon and how consistent he was and how reliable he was and how he was the offense and how just I can't say enough good things about this kid. Um, I, I fully expect him to end up being it's not going to be consensus, but I would say I there's going to be a higher percentage of of fantasy leagues where Saquon's the number one. I was say, are, I was, are you Saquon? Are you team Saquon? I, I haven't honestly. I haven't netted out what I'm going to do yet, but um, yeah, I think that's where the chalk will be. I think I think we'll see this summer a huge push for Saquon at one because not only is he, I mean, awesome, but he's like, you know, he's only 22. He's young and exciting, and we're expecting yep. him to get like 400 touches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still pushing the the dark horse Christian McCaffrey narrative just just to break it up, just so we have something to to debate. Uh, but I, I I am leaning toward yeah. I think by the time we get to August, most people will be on Saquon. I think that's where um, the dust will settle. I think that's where it will settle. I think Todd Gurley. You know, I I I try not to put too much into what you see in the postseason for guys, but I think what we saw in the postseason with the Rams and Todd Gurley, it was a little scary. It's concerning. I just think it's concerning. I just think we're all scared because we have no idea what was going on we had i mean none of it made sense right right i mean it, it. literally if, if the rams came out and said you know what he was hurt and that's why he didn't get the ball everybody's like oh okay then everything's fine whatever todd Gurley. but because everybody keeps insisting that he was healthy and he Gur- just didn't get the ball Gurley's like out chilling on some caribbean island right now i follow him which, on instagram and he's like i mean he's living the life hey, he's got a yeah he's got a sweet new a sweet place out somewhere oh, in the caribbean hey, man. good for him yeah got a, <laughs> i'm not mad got, got that new anytime a young running back get paid man i love it not, I love it. Not mad about it. So, but he'll. I mean, at worst, he's top five. Yeah, oh, no, at I don't. Worst, I don't, he's top. Five. I don't think he slips th- out of the top five. I don't think he slips all. out of the top three. But. Probably not. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he. You know, the fact of, of him going number one that that may not happen. Your number one wide receiver, Fabs, is DeAndre Hopkins. You got him at number eight overall, and I feel like this buzz has been happening for a while now. Like I think I think I feel like last year Antonio Brown was the number one wide receiver almost. 
out of habit a little bit because I think it very easily could have been Nuke. But I think sure. this is this is the year now. What we've seen from DeAndre Hopkins doing it with a variety of quarterbacks and now having Deshaun Watson, I think this is the year that the the Nuke at number one thing for real happens. Yeah. Oh, no question about that. And one of the more consistent wide receivers in the league as well. Uh, he was sixth overall at the position, led all wide receivers in PPR points. Uh, he he had a 86.7% percentage of top 20 finishes. Uh, he was a top 10 wide receiver in more than 43% of his games. He, he, he is the man. And now you eliminate Demarius Thomas from the mix. Not that that's going to mean uh, anything significant in terms of targets for Nuke. He's going to see his targets. But this guy is going to see – he probably will end up being uh, the league leader and at worst maybe top three in terms of targets in 2019 – playmaker a guy that's looked for in the red zone I, I, I there there are two or three other wide receivers that you can argue as the number one including Devonte Adams and Antonio Brown although we don't know where he's going to be at this point um, but Nuke is the guy for me and he, he's one of the few wide receivers who's going to be worth a first round pick uh, hypotheticals Graham if if Antonio Brown lands in Indianapolis say is he is he potentially back to wide receiver one or is it still Nuke I'm going to go nuke too. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off, I mean, this is just kind of crazy, but he's still, he just set new personal bests in receptions per game, yards per game, and catch rate. Um, with Deshaun Watson, he and DeAndre Hopkins have just been, I mean, outside of Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, I think we could say you could make the argument, and maybe Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, you could maybe say this is the third best duo in the league sure. in terms of quarterback receiver combo. I mean, Hopkins has dropped just one of his 234 targets over he, the last year. He sweats years. glue, I'm how pretty do, sure. It's unreal. Do, how do you do that? I mean, and, and he, legit, like the only the only player in the league who's been able to stop him, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. It's true. DeAndre Hopkins, the best catch he might have made last year was one that didn't count. Like the between the legs. Oh, yes. Where he was out of bounds. But it was like that might have been the best catch in the National Football League last year. And unfortunately, it didn't count because he was out of bounds. But he's Hopkins. Literally, you could you could if you were to find his best catch every single week, you could be like, oh, that was the best catch you saw. (laughs) Like every every, he's just automatic every week. It's it is absolutely crazy. Um, By the way, like. So you had Julio Jones at wide receiver five, which I don't think is is ridiculous. We're over this whole we're over the whole. Julio like I felt like last year there was all this Julio slander like he doesn't score enough touchdowns like Julio's yeah he was tremendous he was fine, he right? was one of the more consistent wide receivers in the league I, I think he was second um 68.8 percent of his games he was a top 20 guy and uh, he had eight top 10 finishes and he didn't score until was it week nine I don't think right. he scored until that week was, nine. It was insane. That was kind of the running joke of like, when will Julio score? But the top five are, are, are somewhat interchangeable. I think Nuke is number one. But then when you talk about Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, who, oh, by the way, was the most consistent wide receiver in the league, almost 95% of his games, he was a top 20 wide receiver. Right. He was bananas. And there are going to be people out there who have him at number one. And, and no disrespect, because he, he, he is obviously well worth it. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. OBJ also as well. He'll be in the mix too. There, there's, there's going to be a lot of different wide receiver rankings for the top five, but it's all going to include mostly the same players. Uh, Gronk is your tight end five. This is provided he even. I don't even know back. if he's going to be back. If he comes back next yeah. year, I mean, he may retire, which takes him out. But uh, I feel like, I mean, it's not a surprise. I just feel like it's sort of the end of an era, right? I mean, no, like, you're right. Gronk at one. Gronk at tight end one has just been, you know, it was death taxes and Gronk at tight end and one. I, this is sort of the end And of I that. have him projected as like a seventh round pick. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not going in on – I'm not going in on a tight end uh, unless it's Kelsey Ertz. Uh, Kittle, he's a guy who broke out uh, this past season. And I have Hunter Henry also. He's at number four. Just please stay healthy, Hunter Henry. Right. And Gronkowski at five and O.J. Howard at number six. I got Ebron in there as well. Ebron could be a guy that I move up. I mean, we're only in February, depending on what the Colts do this offseason. There's there are there are some interesting young tight ends in the league. O.J. Howard being one of them. I think he could end up breaking out next season. Hunter is another one. He could end up breaking out next season. Uh, David Njoku, he was up and down all year, but he ended up. I, th- I believe he was a top 10 tight end because it didn't take that much, it didn't take much to be a top 10 tight end yeah. because the tight end position was so bad. Perhaps I was a top 10 tight end. You were. <laughs> you were. And, and thank you for that touchdown you caught in week 13. <laughs> I streamed you that week. But um, I, Gronk is still a top five guy for me, but it, it's deceiving to say, oh, a top five. When this guy was legitimately number one or two almost every year of his career and, and you know, 
Travis Kelsey kind of took over that spot in the last couple of seasons. And then, and then Ertz, we saw him come in and become the guy there in Philadelphia, but it's going to be interesting to see one, if Gronkowski returns number two, um, what the Patriots do offensively, because that team, I get it. They just won the Super Bowl. They need to make some moves in terms of pass catchers because past Julian Edelman, I mean, what do you really have there? We don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. Chris Hogan was a big flop this season. So, uh, and Gronkowski's durability, that has always been an issue. And this past season, he was banged up. And look at his look at his touchdown rate this past season. It was bad. I mean, he didn't he, he didn't find the end zone nearly as much as he has uh, in previous seasons during his course of his career. So big question mark. But I think if you take him in the seventh round, you're elim- eliminating some of that risk. Because he, he's been a guy who's been going top three rounds uh, for, for much of his career. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there was a point a few years ago where he was, you know, back into the first round. Yes. Top of the second round. I mean, yep. That's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, yep. father time. Yes, sir. All. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt, you mentioned that, you know, we're still sort of waiting to see what happens suspension wise and how many games he misses. Uh, I thought an interesting question I saw going around on Twitter after the signing was um, now that he has signed and when, when we figure out he's on the field. Does this does this help both him and does this help both him and uh, and Nick Chubb? Does this hurt both of them? Does this help one hurt the other? I mean, how are you feeling about that? I mean, I haven't made any changes yet, but Nick Chubb was my tenth overall player. <laughs> so at this point, once I find out what the suspension is going to be for Kareem Hunt, we'll find out. But at some point, assuming that Kareem Hunt, and I mentioned this early, is going to be in a Browns jersey during the course of the 2019 campaign, it's going to hurt Nick Chubb. You don't bring Kareem Hunt into your into your, uh, into your your franchise, onto your roster, with all of the backlash that you were inevitably going to get because of what he did on that videotape and decide, eh, we're not gonna he's going to be on the sidelines. We're not going to use it. No, he's going to play. And, and he's, he's, he's probably, he's a, in terms of versatility, he's a better all-around running back than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is, is, is a fine runner. We saw it this past season. The guy put up tons of yards after contact. Not the best pass catcher. He, he's a good pass catcher. He's not a great pass catcher. Kareem Hunt is a guy who can make plays as a receiver more than Nick Chubb would. And I'm just very fearful that when Kareem Hunt comes back, maybe when you need Nick Chubb the most, assuming, say, it's a 10-game suspension, that you're going to be dealing with a backfield committee, and that is a problem for me. Yeah. But once we find out what the suspension is, then I'll, I'll make the appropriate moves in terms of the, the Browns' backfield. But when I saw that come out, the, the, the first thing, well, the first thing I did was text Miz, because he's a big Browns fan, to get him fired up, because you just got Kareem Hunt, and, and his response was, really? <laughs> but, but, all, but secondly, it was... Man, if I've got Nick Chubb in a dynasty or a keeper league, I am hating life right now because I legit, this guy had the potential to be a a top ten fantasy running back for a long time, for mm-hmm. a long time, and now you throw Kareem Hunt into the mix and you're not so sure. I think the big thing here though to remember with Chubb is like he did just come off of an historic year. I mean, he literally reset like. The, oh, he, he was the, tremendous. The gold's the, the PFF era standard for yards after contact. I mean, Chubb mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Another thing too to think about is, I mean, what if we get to the middle of the year and Kareem Hunt is unsus- you know no longer suspended? But I mean, Nick Chubb is still balling out. Like, are they going to just take him off the field? I mean, right? Like, I don't know how I, this is going to work. I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't make any broad statements at this point because one, again, he hasn't been suspended. But two, like Nick Chubb really was awesome last year, and we just saw Kareem Hunt come off the field and as much as I loved Kareem Hunt for yards created and was a huge fan of his and am obviously no longer um yeah I, I don't know I I just don't really see the po- I don't see the upside I don't really see the point of this move and for me right now it doesn't really change anything because Kareem Hunt's so far removed from the from football blind. field and there's so many other so much teams. can happen yeah even if he is only suspended for six games so mm-hmm. much can happen in that time where Nick I mean they could just make you know Kareem Hunt basically just a you know 25 30 percent snap so player. Nick think, Chubb still playing extremely well and, and you know a lot of people including myself will, will point out the Dorsey connection right mm-hmm. so you know Dorsey obviously is a fan of Kareem Hunt he drafted him and as a person he knows him obviously this kid made a, a massive gigantic mistake um and and he's he's been doing the right thing based on reports that we're reading in terms of getting his life turned around but you know does Dorsey 
do a favor to Kareem Hunt. We mentioned it before. He nicked six games accrued to end up being uh, eligible for free agency, right? Um, I don't know that Dorsey would do that and take the PR hit. I really believe that's, they're bringing him in here to play him. That's probably that's probably the fairest point I've heard is like, why would you take that? Why, why would, would you, you take that risk? Why would you exactly? Why would you take the negative PR risk and then not play him? I guess when he is eligible to play, even if that is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that he comes in and take Chubb's job. I don't. I'm not saying that's going to happen, and that would. I don't know if it would surprise me, but I wouldn't project that to happen. But to come in and and, and be a part of the offense, I mean, this guy's he's he's a youngster. He's still very young. He's a youngster, and he was on he was on pace to have another massive season. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I still believe, despite the fact that he missed what was it five games where where he missed because the the Chiefs cut him. I think he was still a top 20 running back in yes, PPR league. So, like, I mean, the the, the talent is there. It just the, the decision that the Browns made to bring him in uh, is a big question mark from a fantasy perspective, considering what they already have in Nick Chubb and what they have behind him in Duke Johnson. So the, this, this story certainly is not over by a long shot. Remember when Kareem Hunt didn't score a touchdown the first two weeks? We were all like, what's wrong with Kareem Hunt? And then, you know, everything. Went and then, it, yeah. <laughs> and then, things, things then the Chiefs offense really took off. And, and let, so now, now let's also talk quickly about the Chiefs backfield, right? Because you have Kareem Hunt, who was putting up top 10 numbers while he was the, the featured back there. He leaves, uh, uh, forced to leave because uh, of the situation. The Chiefs got rid of him. And Spencer Ware comes in, had one decent game, and then Damian Williams came in and was ultimately a top 10 fantasy running back during his time as the guy in Kansas City's uh, backfield. So you're starting to see some, some correlation like Pittsburgh Steelers backfield. You put a guy back there, he's top 10. Kansas City Chiefs backfield, you put a guy back there, he's potentially top 10. So I also want to see what the Chiefs do in this backfield. Do they ride with Damian Williams and Spencer Ware next season? I don't know if that's going to be the situation. Do they bring someone in? Do they draft someone? That is going to be a situation that fantasy owners really need to watch because that Kansas City backfield has been, uh, let's just say, very productive for the players that are featured in that offense. I mean, you got to believe as long as Patrick Mahomes is upright and still slinging the football the way he did last year, uh, whoever's standing behind him in that backfield is going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be Can't okay. stack the box. <laughs> you got a pass-catching running back back there like Damian Williams was. Yeah. I mean, Damian Williams was a guy who 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 – couldn't make a move towards a prominent role in Miami uh, and comes in and can to Kansas city and doesn't do much of anything because Kareem Hunt's got the guy there. Kareem Hunt's gone. Williams comes in and suddenly I he, th- listen, he, he was just as good, if not better than Kareem Hunt statistically. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be one to, to keep in, to keep an eye on also keep in mind uh, both those guys, uh, 26 and 27 years old between the, uh, Damian Williams and Spencer Ware, so mm-hmm. um, that's that's also an issue for the Chiefs. But um, that's plenty to talk about. Of course, you can go to NFL.com slash Fabiano. Check out his list. It will be changing as more news comes out uh, throughout the offseason. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that the whole time. So uh, that we'll, we'll talk about plenty more as uh, we go along and we get more news throughout the offseason. But in the meantime, that's it. We are done. We are out. Appreciate you listening. As always, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember... If math seems easy, you're probably doing it wrong. See you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.